Hey everyone, quick BlockWorks related announcement. But from August 11th to August 13th of this year, BlockWorks is hosting its Bretton Woods The Realignment event at the historic Bretton Woods location in New Hampshire. It's going to be a macro-focused event filled with the best macroeconomists, investors, and macro analysts talking about the future of finance. Uh, so if you want to attend and you know get your tickets at a discounted price, click the link in the description or use the code inflated at checkout. Hope to see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Inflated Expectations with me, your host, Allison Reichel, where we bridge the gap between crypto and economics. Today, I am joined by Udi Wertheimer, software developer and Bitcoiner and founder of Have Fun Staying Poor, also the person who renamed me Ashley. <laughs> Udi, yes. thank you for coming. <laughs> well, you said Allison. I didn't know who you meant. So yes, yeah. yes. Thank you for inviting me, Ashley. Yes, thank you for coming. You know, I think there's a lot of confusion online over my real name. And for the purposes of this episode, it is Ashley. So yeah, yeah. Um, Udi, Very maybe. Good. So I, I've met Udi before. Udi and I met in Miami. It was a great time. Everybody was out in Miami just having a having a blast. Um, yeah, but right. for the people back at home, maybe give us a little background on on what you do. Why you like crypto? Fun facts. What I what do I do? I'm a software developer by trade, and I probably um, probably first got involved in Bitcoin because it seemed cool, like technologically. Like I always thought that decentralized things were cool, even though I never kind of got what they would ever be good for. But they seemed cool. <laughs> they were <laughs> software engineers like complex things, and, and it is complex. So I liked it for that reason. And then over the years, I think I um, kind of learned to grasp the financial side of it too. Um, it took me a few good years to do that. Um, but yeah, that's how I got into Bitcoin. And now I'm everyone's favorite Bitcoin maximalist uncle, I guess, online. It's a good description. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people... People, well, it's it's funny. On Twitter, people accuse me. So there are two camps. Uh, half of the people will say that I'm an unbearable Bitcoin maximalist and I only care about Bitcoin, only want to own Bitcoin and don't understand anything about anything else. And then half of the other people say that I'm, I'm a terrible shitcoiner and that I don't like Bitcoin enough and then they've evolved into many shitcoins. So it's really difficult. I, I'm in a very spotty position. Do you consider but yourself yeah. a maximalist or? No, I never did, to be honest. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I never really adopted the term. Uh, do you know Do you know who invented this term, by the way? Bitcoin maximalism. Do you know how it started? Mm -mm. Yeah. So the term specifically Bitcoin maximalism was, as, as far as I know, the first occurrence was uttered by um, Vitalik Buterin on a blog post. I believe it was before Ethereum was launched. Um, I mean, it was, they were already building it, but I think it was before it was launched. And, um, well, of course, a lot of Bitcoiners back then said that Ethereum was a scam and, or whatever, not good. And, and Vitalik had this very long, very um, detailed blog post on Bitcoin maximalism and why it's bad for the world. And then the Bitcoiners adopted it. They're like, hey, okay. Sounds like a good term. We're going to call ourselves that, which is okay. I never, I never really used it myself to describe myself. I'm not extreme enough for any of the two sides, unfortunately, <laughs> but I have a lot of Bitcoin maximalist friends. Is that like a politically correct thing to say? 
I don't a lot know. of my friends are Bitcoin maximalists. I'm in the yeah. same I'm in the same sort of scenario where a lot of people I am friends with are Bitcoin maximalists, so I think it's assumed that I am one. But it's also assumed that I'm not hardcore enough if I say things like, oh, I don't think it's going to be the global reserve standard or, or you know, <laughs> anytime soon. Well, you're, Let me clarify you're anytime insane, soon. Ashley. Of course it is <laughs> going to be the, the, the world reserve currency. That's obvious. Eventually, eventually. That. But yeah, <laughs> maybe <laughs> if we're lucky. Well, it's either that or Dogecoin. And, and I, I think it's more likely that it will be Bitcoin. Dogecoin. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about that. You've been tweeting about Dogecoin a bit lately. <laughs> Yes. Maybe I that's have. where the, the, the shit coiner uh, hate comes from. Perhaps. But Dogecoin, do, what, so what do you think about that in well, general and just sort of what's been happening lately? Well, I remember Dogecoin from back when it started, embarrassingly enough. And um, it, was, it was always this fun joke. I guess it still is. It's just for me, and I think, you know, for people who were around there then and saw this thing, like, getting started it's absolutely amazing to see to see how far it got mm-hmm. um it's insane so i can't you know i don't i'm sorry i'm too old too old dogecoin i'm too old like there's a there's an age where it's not socially acceptable to own dogecoin anymore so i cannot own any but that's like that's I, it's physically impossible that's not because i don't like it i like it so I do not own it. I definitely don't recommend anyone to own it or to not own it. I don't know. You, you guys are smart. Do whatever you want. But, um, or not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, it's just, it's so fun to see that. Like, I don't understand how anyone can look at it and look at the, 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 the road that it took and not, like, be completely mesmerized by it. It's absolutely amazing. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, so, people are having a lot of fun. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, what do yeah. you think about maximalism in general, though? I think there's a lot. I, I feel like discourse lately has been especially attuned to it, just whether or not it's toxic or whether or not it's optimal, whether or not people are optimizing based on you know what they see the future of finance being, or whether or not it's really just toxic. And I think it could go either way. But <laughs> get your input. The this whole like you you were saying that that. Um, you know, that Bitcoin maximalism is now like an, an unvogue topic. No, no, I know it's been around not. for a while, but it's been lately. I feel like I just can't yeah, go yeah. on my timeline and not see it. So I got this research yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, so this thing about is it toxic or not? It's like every it's coming in waves mm-hmm. every couple of years. This debate starts again. And a lot like the um, prices of these assets, like the just looks like this and um there's sometimes that there's a lot of hate toward Bitcoin maximalists. A lot of times, where um, they they're seen as um, the, the the true prophets of crypto. Um, and right now, a lot of people are enjoying on uh, enjoying hating on them. There are a bunch of reasons for that. Uh, the main one is that we are still at least um, at least running on the no- nostalgia for a bull market, if not still in a bull market. And um, and bull markets are war, um, as in money is coming in. It's not actually infinite. It's true that inflation mm-hmm. is insane, but it is not infinite. There is a fin- finite amount of, of money coming in, and people are fighting over that amount. Even if it's big, it's, people want as much of it. So you'll have a lot of projects, a lot of coins. We're fighting over it. And it just so happens that it's very, um, it works pretty well to just 
say that Bitcoin maximalists are, um, you know, they have no idea what they're talking about. It's actually not true. So I know, um, I, I, while I wouldn't call myself a Bitcoin maximalist, I do believe in Bitcoin more and I'm excited about Bitcoin more than I am about any of the other ones on coinmarketcup.com. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the, there's not like, sure, there are some people online and you, you got to see that with when in every community. They're just going to say like, what is a scam? Why? They don't know. Like everything else is a scam. Um, and that's it. And you're going to have that, you know, Ethereum people, are, some Ethereum people are like that too. You know, you'll have some Cardano people like that. You're going to find this type of group everywhere. Um, with Bitcoin, they've just, they've just been around for longer because Bitcoin has been around for longer. So you have those established like, characters that everyone knows and some of them yeah some of them are going to say annoying things without really knowing what's going on they're just going to say it's a scam sure okay i don't think that's a lot that's not a lot of people that's not a lot of the bitcoiners and it's also not a lot a lot of the so-called bitcoin maximalists so i think it's very reasonable for someone to look at you know the list of coins and do the research and come out of the research with um a decision that they're not going to invest in the others um not because they're necessarily not, you know, not because they're definitely not going to outperform, but because the risk does not um, justify or the potential profits do not justify the very big risk sometimes for some people. I think that's very reasonable. I would say, you know, for a lot of people, definitely if it's their first ever investment in cryptocurrency. I think it's very reasonable to start with Bitcoin. Very, very reasonable. Um, I think it's, you know, if when someone says, well, I bought some Shiba Inu and I never downloaded a, a Bitcoin wallet, that seems insane to me. Like, you couldn't wait, like, a week. <laughs> like, at least try it out. I think, you know, and, and because it also gives you perspective. It, it helps you understand the others. It's the simplest one. Or, yeah, I would say it's probably the simplest one. It's very easy to understand the um, the value proposition of it. Compared to others, it's not very easy to understand it compared to stonks, right. probably, <laughs> yeah. but it's very easy compared to other cryptocurrencies. So, so I think it's very reasonable to start with that. But yeah, some of them are going to, you know, they're going to hear about someone who made some gains on, say, on Doge, and they'll just, you know, they'll just tell this, what, you're an idiot person. Um, you shouldn't have bought Doge. This was a mistake, even though... Sure. Yeah, you've, you've seen 20x gains this year alone, but it was a mistake. You shouldn't have done that. And you're going to be sorry for it one day and you're an idiot and I'm not going to talk to you anymore. So I think that's probably a mistake. That's not the best approach, in my opinion, mm -hmm. to 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 explain why Bitcoin is, is good for the world. But um, I do think, you know, anyone, if, if you if you if you did get into cryptocurrencies and you gambled a bit or whatever you did with them, and you were lucky enough to turn a profit. I think it's very reasonable to put some of the profit into Bitcoin for the long term. Because while Ashley wrongly assumes that it's not going to be the world reserve currency. I said anytime I soon. It, Let me clarify. <laughs> I said anytime soon. Maybe one day, yeah. but not anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's soon? What's soon? For me, if soon is five to ten years even. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not going to be the world reserve currency in ten years. Probably not. I'll be surprised. 
Yeah, because I've seen so I've seen some polls from some you know some token Bitcoin maxis, and and there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, fluff around. Maybe oh, ten years it's not you know that's kind of far away. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. I don't know about all that. <laughs> Bitcoin maxi is a, is a derogatory term. You know that is it? Yeah, but they're self-proclaimed. Well, they they call themselves maximalists, hmm. and maxi is very very derogatory. Interesting. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. The lingo. I'm <laughs> this new. I'm gonna get canceled on my own whole, podcast. Entire world. Yeah. Uh, we'll, be do fine. you think? Um. So on the topic of like Dogecoin and you know getting into cryptos, I know a lot of people talk about. Oh, well, Dogecoin is nice because it's people's first introduction into cryptocurrency, or it could be you know the the gateway crypto into into you know the revolution. Right. What do you think about that? I don't know. I don't know if there's even data to like sort of track this, but I'm sure there is. But so you can, you know, you can buy whatever Bitcoin or Doge or whatever on exchange and then keep it there, which is probably what you're going to do with most assets. But with Bitcoin specifically and with other digital assets, you can withdraw them out of that exchange and keep them in your own custody because they're just digital. So you're going to manage some private keys and there are some pieces of software or hardware that can help you with that. And... That way, you know that no one can, in any circumstance, like kind of confiscate or lose your funds or whatever. And this doesn't necessarily happen a lot in the traditional world, but it did happen a few times in cryptocurrencies. And also, like, you know, you know, like um, one day Robinhood chooses to stop GameStop trading, right? And if you have your btc on self-custody then you don't have the problem because you can always move it to any exchange that will have you and then they'll have you because they're going to compete so so even if one of them decides that they're not going to let you trade you can still you still you own it so you can do whatever you want with it. so that's the difference and to me and to a lot of people i know like being actually in ownership of this is pretty important just because it removes a lot of concerns that you would otherwise have um, so back to the Doge question, I wonder how many people who got started in crypto with Doge, I wonder how many of them, you know, actually go through the hoops and do things like self-custody and, and, or do they just use, use Robinhood, which, which wouldn't even let them withdraw their coins. So, and it seems like probably a ton of them are using Robinhood, right? I, from I think, what I've seen, it seems like the it's mostly Robin Hood. Right. So I wonder how much is it like, yeah, we're saying like, yeah, it's maybe like a gateway drug, but is it really? Because, I mean, it seems even maybe more likely that people would buy Doge instead of buying AMC and, and vice versa than they would buy Doge instead of buying Bitcoin and vice versa. So for Bitcoin and for other cryptocurrencies to say, okay, we have those people they are almost there. We can try to reach out. I don't see a lot of that, though. Like, mostly what I see is from all from all communities, really. Mostly what I see is, like, people making fun of them, which I can see why. <laughs> but, um, but also, you know, I think, you know, I, first of all, you know, if you bought Doge, you probably, if you time it right, at least, you're probably doing okay. So, unless you bought it at the actual Saturday Night Live top. But if you did not, right, yeah. then you're probably doing it fairly okay. Um, 
So, yeah. It's very interesting to me just whether or not this is an introduction to people into cryptocurrency or it, like meme investing in general. Because from what I've seen, a lot of like the buzz on you know social media, Twitter is about meme stocks, meme right. cryptocurrency, and I haven't seen much interest in uh, other cryptocurrencies or even in like you know the technology behind them or you know their integration into monetary regimes. It just seems very like oh this is fun, this is a fun community, and now it's like a like a thing. It's a very interesting right. the emergence of this like sort of. Thing. And I, I don't know, there's like a lot of people on Twitter who are now like, you know, sort of proponents or like Do Dogecoin influencers. It's very interesting to see. But yeah. I do wonder how much of this will last long term or is mm. just sort of like a clout grab. And um, even with Elon Musk's market manipulation, I'll just go ahead and call it that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, somebody's take his Twitter away. But it's, it's definitely wow. very interesting. Yes, he tried. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so if they can probably no one can unless jack does it himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess he's the one who could do it but that would hurt twitter's stock at this point probably so jack I'm if you're sure listening please verify me <laughs> <laughs> well good luck her, her real name is ashley by the way so i'll have to change it for that until yeah. she changes yes to change it it's interesting so i guess um, on the topic of you know Dogecoin influencers and, and whatnot. I was in an interesting CNBC article on uh, Gen Z. Me and the Zoomers were talking about <laughs> investing. Uh, and Gen Z is interesting when it comes to investing because a lot of what I've heard, and I mean, this is probably just most of the fluff, you know, on social media, the people promoting investing, all of the influencers and whatnot, mostly talk about meme currency, like meme stocks, meme cryptos. A little bit about Bitcoin and Ethereum, but it's it's never it's never that much. It's just oh yeah, I know what that is. Like oh sure, I have some yada yada yada. Do you think Gen Z should be looking towards investments like Bitcoin? Is this something you think is good for the children like me? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that um, I think it certainly is as a long term investment though, like. Um... Like buying Doge, buying AMC, buying GameStop, that's all very much momentum trading, I would say, um, which it's fine, has its place. Um, I think it's very hard to hold Doge long term. Actually, if you look at, um, um, well, the data I've seen and also just anecdotally, the people I've been talking to who, you know, who were Doge holders in 2014 or 15, whatever that was um they you know they sold it all as soon as it started pumping like you know in the very first um ru ru spike up because for them it's like this is it mm -hmm. <laughs> it's never it's never going further than this they remember you know the the early like the doge to one dollar joke has been there literally since the beginning it was always a joke because it was fractions of a cent no one took that idea seriously um but so, you know, as they saw it, like being 5% away from being a dollar, they're like, okay, that's obviously, that's it. We're never, it's never getting further away than that. So even like the most avid doge holders of the previous generation, they didn't stick around because it's very hard to hold this thing long-term. I would say it's almost a new asset now, in my opinion. Uh, some people might think that I'm an insane person for saying that. But I think it's almost new as in 
the the holders are almost entirely new like mm-hmm. almost everyone got out i would say i'm sure there are a few wells but i think i think most of them got out so and, and you don't see that a lot <laughs> in, right. in any kind of it's, yeah so <laughs> So that's like, that's kind of, I would say that's almost like a new asset for all intents and purposes. Like looking, in my opinion, looking at price charts from five years ago is completely irrelevant. Like it, 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 those were other people. That's how I see it. Um, maybe, maybe some will disagree. So sure, you want to do this momentum trading? Go ahead. Um, like I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's a bad idea. Maybe, maybe it's not. Um, but I think that for long-term investment, definitely if you know, if you made some money on Doge and now you have some money that you were thinking of, like, what are you going to do with it? I would say do not keep 100% of it in Doge. Probably That's probably never a good, good idea. Um, so, but also I wouldn't keep it in, in US dollars either. And I think that Bitcoin as a long-term investment is a very good idea, especially if you're young. Like if you're young, that's the best. Like if you're, you know, if you're 50 years old, it's going to be difficult for you. Um, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but like you should probably think of it as an investment for your children. Definitely not for yourself because I don't, I don't like five years from now, who knows? Five years from now, it could be much lower too. Who knows? Um, but I do believe in it long-term very much. And I think that it's going to have something to offer that nothing else is going to be able to offer. Not in the, not definitely not outside of cryptocurrency, but also not in the cryptocurrency world. Like the, um, the legitimacy of its limited supply is just something that no one else can try to even claim uh, seriously. Um, you know, Ethereum, people kind of tried to say, well, we're going to be deflationary too. Um, it's actually looking right now, I'm not going to get into details, but it's actually looking right now like it might actually not become deflationary. And also, um, the thing is, it keeps changing. Like, whatever... You know, it's changes now to to whatever is in vogue now, and maybe in a year it will change again. And it changed mm-hmm. countless times before. Sometimes the issuance increases too. So, I mean, it's just it can't it can't legitimately claim to never change. And Bitcoin, I think Bitcoin kind of can um, because it never did change. Like the monetary policy of Bitcoin never ever changed. I mean, in the bigger scheme of things, it's only like, I don't know, 12 years or so. So you might say, well, that's not that long, but it's as long as we've seen in the space. And, um, you know, people thought definitely early on, I mean, in the first five years, people were pretty sure that there's a good chance that for whatever reason, this this policy will change. And in some shape or form, we'll see inflation. It did not happen. I'm pretty sure it's not going to because Bitcoin holders are not <laughs> going to let it happen. That's pretty much the ethos of the whole thing. So, so yeah, I think it, it has the most, most legitimate claim of being this, this predictable, um, predictable supply thing. Um, and I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again. I think it's like the, the, the way that it started kind of, kind of said it's kind of impossible to do the same thing again. Because you have so much, like a big part of it was that people thought that it was crazy when when it started, and it was allowed to distribute in a way that that wasn't um, too obvious. 
But now anyone who starts a cryptocurrency immediately gets so much attention that it's just impossible to have the same type of scenario. It's just not something that you can do. So yeah, I think, I think it will always have that. And I think that's an, a very attractive uh, property to have as, you know, at least as a percentage of your investment portfolio. So I think it's always going to have that. And I think if you're young and you know, like, sure, I don't know what happens like next year, maybe China becomes more aggressive. Maybe like uh, people get out of COVID and, and go partying and they just don't care about this stuff anymore for a while. A lot of things can happen. Um, but long-term, you know that this policy is not going to change. And I think anyone who lived through the last year understands that this is a desirable property to have. So if you have the time to wait, so, you know, if you're Gen Z and you have the time, yes, I think it's a very, very good thing to own some percentage of your portfolio in Bitcoin for the long term. Definitely not be like, oh, it fell 50%. I'm going to sell now. That's like, be prepared. Like that's, you know, that's the one thing that I wish people would have told, you know, because so-called maximalists of any community, not just Bitcoin, they usually say the reason they do that is that they want to help people. Like they see someone falling into a trap and they want to help them and they help them by saying that they should only buy Ether or they should only buy Bitcoin. It's a very odd way to help a person that you never saw before. <laughs> Your first interaction with them is like, hey, I want to help you buy Bitcoin. That's very odd, I think. Mm -hmm. um, Something might have been more helpful is, hey, I see that you're interested in investment or in trading. Um, so FYI, this asset is going to be very volatile. So look at the price now. Assume that it's very likely that it's going to be 30% of that one day or maybe less. And make sure that you can weather that storm because it seems likely that if you can, you will not regret it. Um, well, I don't know if it's likely, but it's there's a, there are fairly good chances in my opinion that that if you're able to weather the storm, you will not regret it. But you have to put yourself in a position where you can weather that storm. And if you're young, that means you probably can if you, you know, if you manage your risk correctly. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think for Gen Z, it's actually very attractive. Yeah, I wish... You I have wish to think about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I was going to say, you have to think about it. And I, I wish that... Um, Gen Z, a lot of the people I see online thought more about things like the monetary policies of cryptocurrencies. And I'm not sure that right now that's like the common consensus. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people see FOMO. A lot of people saw these things, you know, hit crazy numbers and we're like, okay, well, what's the next big thing going to be, especially with the, you know, GME, AMC stuff uh, and then Dogecoin and, you know, even, you know, Bitcoin didn't seem to be enough to convince people necessarily to to jump in but things like dogecoin did i don't know if that's because they yeah. seem less scary because it's a meme and it's like oh you know it's only a couple cents it's you know it's like you don't have to buy a whole bitcoin obviously <laughs> you buy a part of a bitcoin <laughs> that's a you know common twitter yeah <laughs> joke too but um it's it's interesting because i do wish people thought about that sort of stuff more in, in issues like you know scarcity very important economics concept you know, the reason why we have Economies is because of scarcity. Without scarcity, nothing really, nothing really matters. Uh, so, going on with that too, in terms of U.S. dollars, inflation, and stuff like that. When the Fed made their last announcement, I think a lot of people were waiting for some sort of price surge across the board. But 
from what I saw, the Fed came out hawkish. Uh, they seemed to be super, super uh, adamant about inflation not uh, getting out of control. They updated their uh, dot plot with their expectations for the interest rate and actually showed pretty common consensus that the interest rate will see at least two raises by 2023. So for me, when I saw that, I was like, that makes sense. Even though inflation was higher than anticipated, it seems like the Fed's coming out swinging and they're not going to let it, they, you know, they claim, again, this is all alleged. They sure. say they're not going to let it get out of control, yada, yada, yada. Markets believe them. Uh, so do you see Bitcoin as an inflation hedge or cryptocurrencies in general? Do you see as, you know, hedges against inflation? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. And um I mean, Bitcoin is, I would say, definitely a, a hedge against inflation. The other cryptocurrencies, um, they don't have the same like sound properties of Bitcoin. But um, when money tends to, like, you know, if we do see inflation and money tends to flow into Bitcoin, then simply because of how, you know, Bitcoin holders also own other cryptocurrencies, then usually money flows into other cryptocurrencies too. And that becomes even wilder. So in that way, they become uh, some sort of hedges too. But they're just so much more wild that again, I, I feel like it's very hard for people to hold them for the very long term. Definitely things like, you know, all those newer, uh, smaller coins. I would see them, if I'm being uh, very generous, I would see them as growth bets um that's if i'm being generous others might call them ponzi schemes <laughs> right um <laughs> pump and dumps <laughs> yes um but you know they're they i wouldn't say they're hedges against inflation um you know you you mentioned um that people see uh, meme stocks and doge as kind of the same thing and I mean, one, I very much agree with that. And, and, and like, I think as, in my perspective as a software developer who kind of got interested in Bitcoin just due to the technical side for, for in the beginning, um, I have this view that a lot, I, and, and I see that with a lot of people who got into Bitcoin and Ethereum early, um, they, they saw that is like a very exciting technological breakthrough and they know all the little de details about how it works. Um, but I don't think that's why, why they succeeded. Like at best they're implementation details. They're like, they, they, there are ways to achieve some goal. And for Bitcoin, it's a way to achieve that goal of a solid monetary policy that cannot change. Um, but they're not, they're not the thing. So that meme of a that that is a meme too of of being a sound money and and a solid um, asset that you can kind of trust isn't going to change. That is a meme that people have been pushing for quite a while, and I and I think it did get very successful in like the first quarter of 2021. Um, it is not as cool as a dog inside a circle, so <laughs> I can't. I can't suggest that Bitcoin can compete with that because that's amazing. But <laughs> right, it is, yeah. it is, it is, it is a meme that that I think can work pretty well. Um, it did work pretty well so far, and I think it will continue to. Um, but I think that like people, especially who are who are already in the cryptocurrency community, they kind of miss 
how it's not about the technology. It's about the memes. That, that's what pushes it. And I, and I think, you know, this movement from GME AMC to Doge and to other coins like it are because people realize, well, honestly, it's about the meme. It's not about what makes the, the thing tick. It doesn't matter. So it just needs to work. <laughs> so, right. you know, you don't, you don't look too much into how, how a call works before you invest in, in, in Tesla, whatever. It doesn't, it's not the point. So, so I think a lot of cryptocurrency people are kind of missing that. And that causes a lot of this, um, um, you know, a lot of this gap between the more experienced cryptocurrency people and like the new Doge people who, you know, they do not seem to get to get along very well most of the time. I think that's a lot of why, like they, each of them do not understand the other side at all and they have very different goals too. So I guess it is what it is, but hopefully I think bridging that gap is pretty important. I think it can help um, this entire industry probably because, um, you know, young people are not going to stop to be born. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a, they're going to keep showing up. So either you either get with the times and you either understand what those people are looking for, what they, you know, what they want, or you're just not going to be able to offer it. So I think it's pretty important. Um, even though like you guys are insane. Right. Yeah. I mean, we are crazy, but you know, it's interesting you brought up the, the sound money thing because in economics, sound money is a very real theory. It's a really, a very real you know concept. And it was super interesting for me first coming into like the crypto space, seeing a lot of people talking about sound money, ultrasound money, like all of these like crazy terms. And I was like, what on earth are you guys talking about? And a lot of times I would see these arguments propelled by, you know, th this anti-inflation narrative where like, oh, well, it Bitcoin sound money because there is a fixed supply. And that means that it's yada, yada, yada better for uh, better for everyone. And and so it's interesting because while you know high inflation is bad deflation also has some implications <laughs> for like you know in in actual like you know empirical terms and you know global economies it's been correlated with you know stagnant growth and uh yes. money hoarding and, and stuff like that so it's just a very interesting to see how these two terms are used so differently into right. different spaces and it's very hard right. to get either side <laughs> even there like even not even just between yeah. like the uh you know the youth and like the you know the more experienced the, the bitcoin veterans it's 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 interesting to see this like a lot of economists have been looking towards cryptocurrencies bitcoin people like will luther george selgin are all kind of getting into the space and i always see them fighting my mutuals <laughs> everyone's just always fighting and yeah you know, everybody's always shading. There's a lot of big accounts that will just shade economists all day, you know. And, right. And so it's very interesting because I think there could be a lot more efficiency. The community could be enhanced a lot more if, you know, we could all just talk about things. <laughs> Hence this. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, you know, one of the, it's funny that I would say that, uh, after starting telling everyone that this agrees with me to have fun staying poor. Um, but I do think that conversation <laughs> can be useful sometimes. It depends. You know, sometimes there's going to be someone who clearly either they intentionally didn't take the time to learn anything at all about Bitcoin and they just decided that they're going to say that they hate it and give a list of uninformed 
reasons why. And I can see why people get mad when someone does that. Um, but some people, you know, they seriously looked into it and they have some thoughts. Um, it's like, the thing is, it's it's just a lot of time. It still is based on someone misunderstanding. Like, you know, someone would um, would say, well, Bitcoin is good, but what if we could change a bit there and we could, and like, it's kind of, irrelevant to even discuss this because you cannot change it so mm-hmm. it's it's great if you think it would have been better if it was different that's a great like academic discussion but practically it doesn't mean anything you cannot change it so that's what it is even if you don't like it yeah. we can still talk about it but like uh, um one thing i think i kind of notice about like i think it's just like two different points of view because i think a lot of time it Economists are kind of looking at, you know, like the big picture and what will be good in a systematic way. At least that's what it seems like to me. I'm not an economist, so maybe I'm. Wrong. No, that's very, that's very true. Yeah. It, it's usually yeah. just this overall general macro sort of picture. Yeah. And then that's not necessarily what's going to be good for an individual choice. So some person might be better off, even if, you know, even if you could argue, well, a world that is based on Bitcoin only might be not a good world to live in. I don't know, maybe that doesn't change anything about whether or not I should own some. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, people can, even if everyone, every person in the world owns some Bitcoin, that doesn't mean that it's going to be a Bitcoin only world. And I think that like, you know, people might still hold some US dollars and also some Bitcoin. And, and I think that the, the thing about it is having choice, really, that's, I think that's why I find it attractive. I think that's why a lot of people find cryptocurrencies attractive because it's, it gives you more choice and more control. And if, you know, you don't have to, but you could. <laughs> and then, like, you're not going to have, you, you step out of that position where, uh, you know, the central bank is going to decide your future. That's never, like, anyone, you know, who has managed to accumulate some wealth in the entire history of time knows that this is not a good idea, but a lot of people are new to this and they don't know. So I think a lot of people find through Bitcoin, through cryptocurrencies, they realize that they do not want to be in the sole control of whatever some central bank decides, even if it's good for society, you still don't have to like blindly follow um, whatever they, they do. So, yeah, I think having that choice is very important. It's interesting the when you're talking about, you know, what's good for, you know, the, or talking about looking at the macro, but that maybe that's not best for the individual. Whether I don't know if we've never actually talked about this, but I don't know how well versed you are in like Austrian economics. It's a very uh, Austrian economic sentiment, whereas looking at the overall like this big macro picture doesn't always work. And I've written about this a bit just in terms of like what we're seeing with the Fed and its, you know, division and, and whatnot. But what, what, when you look at what happens in the, in the macro world, you can't neglect what happens on an individual level because the, you know, individuals are how we get the aggregate. And so if, if you're not paying attention to what the individuals are doing, you don't know what's going on in the aggregate. You can't just look at, you know, the, what's the big picture. Like you have to look at what individuals are doing and that can be very difficult when individuals are all doing different things none of them have right. the same utility function so i've struggled with this because i i both tend to get highly technical and use things like utility functions optimization stuff like that within 
the, just the world of like strictly economics. And then I also see this big picture of like, well, this isn't what everybody's thinking. Does it give us an okay enough picture of what's going on? Maybe, but mm. I've, I've found this extremely difficult in the world of cryptocurrency because as I see it, there seems to be this huge division between people who just see it as like a, an asset class and people who actually want to see it integrated into monetary regimes, whatnot. And then there's like this kind of in-between group that's like, well, it's both. And I'm like, no, it can't really be both. <laughs> like, I, you know, in the long run, it has to, you know, you're not going to, you don't want this much volatility for a, um, a currency. And that's not to say that's right. bad right now because it's just, you know, it's, it's still pretty new in the grand scheme of things. But it's definitely interesting from that perspective, especially to hear how you describe it. And, and that is a huge misconception between, I think, economists and, and crypto people. And you're right, it is pretty theoretical. I was editing a book with uh, AIER, the American Institute for Economic Research, in uh, March or April, and uh, it was on the gold standard in cryptocurrencies and yada, yada, yada. We talked a lot about Bitcoin and what it could have been. <laughs> but, like, you know, what's that going to accomplish? Because, right. you know. Right. I mean, it can be interesting, especially if you were... Um, I think for anyone who is themselves in the process of learning about it, then of course it's very useful to talk about hypotheticals and how things would have reacted differently if they were different. Mm -hmm. But at some point it's important to realize, especially if you're trying to like kind of teach other people, then you should realize that it's a, it's a purely theoretical exercise. It is not possible <laughs> to change it. And I mean, some people would say, well, but we could start a new cryptocurrency and that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, I think, well, for reasons I said before, I think it cannot replicate what Bitcoin has done. It can do other things, and that's great. Um, yeah, that was an interesting conversation that came out of that economics thing. Actually, we talked about, you know, oh, there could be a new cryptocurrency, but things like first mover advantages make Bitcoin super, super, super strong. And that's something that's super hard to beat when you already have these really strong network effects. So mm -hmm. it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. Get, can get stuck down some rabbit holes thinking about how well, to fix it's not a fix challenge those it's a good thing it, yeah it's <laughs> i mean it's good to have yeah it's it's good to have these you know i guess it depends on how you look at it as a, sort of a monetary tool whether or not yeah. you think it's going to be perfectly efficient and like i said there are some issues with things that are fixed in supply in the longer term but because that's, so that's an interesting question that i've been asking people is do you think that society as it is could even handle something like a new crypto standard because of the way consumer behavior is because of like the whole just the culture in general of of spending and and saving and investing we live in a very interesting financial world that is that a lot of people are super super used to and i think something that i don't hear talked about a lot is a sort of behavioral shift, behavioral change that a, a crypto standard would lead to or that it would require that I think it would need, but I don't know. Yes, I agree with you. Things would have to change very dramatically for this to happen. Like what, what are we, like if we're saying like a, a Bitcoin standard, what does that even mean? Like, does it mean that everyone uses Bitcoin to buy in stores? Um, it is very hard to imagine that, but I mean, I don't know, who knows? I think, I think that the thing is, um, and I mean, of course, like, like people, especially now, they want to have like some stable way to measure value and, 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 and to, to, you know, to store their own value. They definitely don't want to have like 50% of their wealth uh, disappear in two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so 
so yeah, I, I, it's it's very hard to imagine. However, and I think one of the big things, and maybe one of the drivers of this whole speculative frenzy in the last year, I think has been not just, of course, it's triggered by COVID, but I think that the 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 big thing is suddenly people realize how quickly things can change very dramatically. Like the world around us changed so massively. It's like, it's insane how, how much things change in a single year. So yeah, a world that is based on Bitcoin seems is very hard to imagine, but you know, those things apparently happen. Like the, those insane changes apparently happen. They happen very quickly. Is it going to happen next year? I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm, I'm, I would I would bet that, that it's not, but um, but you know, I think I think it could one day. Um, but yeah, things are going to be pretty unimaginable if that happens. Just like it's going to be would have been pretty unimaginable in 2018 to imagine that people are going to lock themselves up in their homes for an entire year. Yeah, and that's very true. It's we've seen so many crazy cultural shifts, just behavioral shifts in general across the globe because of, you know, who would have imagined that in 2021, a pandemic comes and, you know, locks us all up. Yeah. And, you know, it's so been it's interesting. It's like a clean slate in this yeah. way that, 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 that you suddenly realize that anything can happen. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yes. Is it insane? Yes. Does it mean that it's not going to happen? Well, no. And the same things apparently happen you know, on a global scale. So. Uh, and I was yeah. surprised by El Salvador. Like I, and I, I tell people that all the time. I was extremely surprised. I'm like speaking at a conference in yeah, a few too. weeks and I was like planning on talking about, oh, I think the first country to adopt it as a, you know, as legal tender will be, you know, in five to 10 years. And then El Salvador did this. Mm. And I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. I guess I am the fool, but I was yeah super <laughs> surprised by that. Yeah. It's funny. I, in like in Miami, in, um, in the like just when i arrived there before the conference i met with uh alex gladstein who's um i may believe his official role is chief strategy officer at the hrf uh the human rights Federation, and they also are very dedicated to um um you know have bitcoin support people who are um maybe in third world countries and and um things like that um so he uh, i i had this talk with him and i usually don't share uh, details of private conversations but he tweeted about it so i can um and when we had this like um we, we were joking that we should start like some competition where people kind of bet on what's going to be the first country that's going to adopt bitcoin it's probably going to take a while to sell those bets <laughs> and then like one week later we find out it's <laughs> Well, actually, it's El Salvador and it's now. So, yeah, that was pretty surprising. Um, and it's amazing. I mean, you know, there are a lot of, like, people are going to say there are a ton of things you can say about it to kind of um, rain on the parade. And uh, But I think, you know, especially if you've been involved in, in this for a while, it's such an amazing, like, this is everything we ever dreamed of, really. Um, like, it's beyond the wildest expectations that anyone had for Bitcoin early on. And seeing that happening actually in real life, like, sure, you can say a ton of things about it, but I think it's it's an amazing uh, achievement. And I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to see how it plays out. It could, I mean, I hope it succeeds. It could also fail. It's a possibility experiment doesn't work out. Um, but if that happens, I'm sure we'll have some learnings too. Um, it'll be interesting for sure.
Yeah, it was one of those things where when I heard about it, I was super, super surprised, hesitant, I think, just because I was like, well, what's the real motivation behind this? Right. Um, and, but definitely just sort of, uh, sort of like, sh like in shock that it was happening so quickly and um, very interested. And I mean, I hope it succeeds, like not just for Bitcoin and for, you know, the benefits that it brings, you know, Bitcoiners, but for El Salvador, I hope it succeeds and it's going right. to be very interesting to see how Latin America responds to it if it does or if it doesn't. Yeah. Sort of what happens yeah. from there. I have no idea. Uh, it seemed it seemed early for me. I was like, I was a little hesitant to celebrate because I was like, it seems early. <laughs> I don't know how well thought through this is. It seems like a manic decision, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very, um, very reasonable test case, I think, on Salvador. Mm -hmm. I think it's yeah, a, it definitely it's a, it's is. A, it's a very good place to start. Um, the incentives are there for them to um, i think it will be good for Salvador. either way you know it's going to bring a lot of investment into the country and um i think that's it's going to be good either way i, I don't think they're going to regret trying it you know yeah I, I hope they don't regret it and i think it is you know it's definitely gonna <laughs> gonna make textbooks <laughs> uh, oh yeah <laughs> but so so <laughs> yeah so wrapping up here um Founder of Have Fun Staying Poor. So a little, little backstory. I don't know if you know this, but I got on crypto Twitter by accident, right? I tweeted a joke about economists and got onto crypto Twitter and they thought it was about them. So my <laughs> first introduction to the crypto world was getting Have Fun Staying Poured, um, essentially, on my post. Because it was something along the lines of men will create anonymous accounts to analyze monetary policy instead of going to therapy. It's about economists Whoa. who do that, right? It's about economists who do that. Um, oh, but it got onto crypto Twitter. Yeah, it got onto crypto Twitter and I woke up, I went to bed, I tweeted at like 2am and I, you know, knocked out, woke up the next morning and blown up on crypto Twitter and I have all these angry people in my mentions and I was like, what on earth is going on? I don't know any of this. And people kept doing the have fun, staying poor thing. So can we, can we get a quick, a little history on, <laughs> on that, the inspiration? Uh, well, the inspiration... I don't know. Tracing back memes always uh, destroys the uh, the magic behind That's them. But true. I will I will retro uh, invent a backstory, which is absolutely false. But the um, I guess well to be more serious, the the I think what people see it as is as a short and modern version of a very famous uh, Satoshi Nakamoto quote. It's famous in the Bitcoin circles, um, which is. Like back when he was around, I believe it was 2010 or 2011, he told, um, you know, one of the people in the Bitcoin forums or whatever, uh, they were asking some question about scalability and he was trying to answer it and the person didn't seem to get it. So he was like, okay, you know what? If you don't believe me and you don't get it, I don't have time to explain it to you. Sorry. And that's just too long. <laughs> it became very... Um, it's very famous. People like to use it, but it's just too long. And have fun Singapore is kind of a, you know, I mean, you don't get it and you're never going to get it. It triggers people. Gonna, <laughs> yes. And I hope you're going to have fun, but yes, it's definitely triggers people. The first times I kind of said it, I, the first responses I got were from people who were like, excuse me, I'm not poor and kind of list their achievements. I'm not poor at all. What are you talking about? So it's very, it's, it's very good in that way because it really, it really offends people. Um, I will say, by the way, very important, and I think most people in, in, in crypto Twitter get it, very important. You don't say this to actual poor people. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're supposed 
<laughs> the point is that you're going to say it to someone who is well off and then uh, you're not being an asshole and also you're really pissing them off. So you do both of these at the same time. It's great. And then, you know, you cannot see that and not look into Bitcoin at least. You're probably going to do that from a position of anger, but you're at least going to look at it. So... Yeah, yeah, that's what got me on crypto Twitter. I was like, what is going on? What are these people? Do? Why are they telling me to be poor? I don't understand. Like, and I had like a follow up tweet. I was like, this isn't about you guys, but hi, I guess. <laughs> so that's that's how I started. It's just funny, funny to come full circle. All right. So your last question. I know we talked a little bit about timelines, but do you have a timeline for global Bitcoin adoption or if it'll ever become, you know, a standard or, you know, when developed countries will start adopting it right um i do not uh, i do not have a timeline i can i can say that i the way i think it would probably happen is not by you know someone like oh the united states government says we are adopting bitcoin i think that it will probably be like the final step of once adoption is already obvious then someone will officially pronounce it maybe um, I think what might happen is that people choose to adopt it because they just see it as the best option. Um, yeah. Over time, it just becomes massive enough to to just be a de facto thing. Um, now, are people going to buy with buy like coffee with Bitcoin? I do not know. Um, I can see maybe how that could happen. I don't know though. But I think you know it's really if you see how the survivors spread over time of Bitcoin. Um, it's, it's almost hard to assume that it's not going to happen because it just keeps spreading. It keeps spreading. More and more people understand why it's, you know, something that you should hold as part of your portfolio. The types of people who say that now, it's just unbelievable compared to like five years ago. It's just unbelievable that, that like, you know, you will have serious funds seriously considering um, holding Bitcoin is just insane um, from that point of view. So yeah, I think it is going to continue to spread and, um, and that's probably how it's going to happen. Not by, you know, friends <laughs> announcing that they're adopting Bitcoin as a legal tender. I don't think that's going to be the route to get there. Yeah, I completely they agree. They will eventually because they will not have a choice, <laughs> but right. it's yeah. not gonna, they're, they're not going to, enable it they're not gonna push it right mm -hmm. no i completely agree with you and that's been my argument against like u.s bitcoiners who are like oh dollars going to zero that means that bitcoin's gonna you know i'm like it's destruction's not gonna come from internally it's likely gonna you know it's not gonna be a consensual decision <laughs> so yeah it's gonna be forced upon you or it's not gonna happen yeah right yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like this is the first this is the first smartest discussion we've ever had, I think. <laughs> but uh, probably it was, it was great. <laughs> um, you can't leave yet because we have to wait for this to upload. But um, so where can people find you? Uh, they really shouldn't. Um, <laughs> probably. If you want to get bullied, you can find him on Twitter. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Yeah, you, should, you can find me on Twitter if you can go through spelling my name, then you'll find me. Um, and it'll be really should, though, like do something better with your time. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Yep. Thank you for having me, Ashley. Have fun staying poor. <laughs>